I don't know if it ever happened to you, but it has happened to me many times when I was working in a project and something happened and I lost everything. Whether I forgot to press command save, command S, if you're on Apple, if you're on Windows, control S to save the project or because I just pressed the turn off button and my computer turned off and I didn't save the project or one of my kids press the button of the power bar and everything turns off and I didn't get the chance to save it. Or maybe I was playing a video game, playing something and I just pause it, go downstairs to help my wife. When I come back, my kids are playing something else and my progress is all gone. Has this ever happened to you? When you put so much effort in something, you put so much time, so many hours, and out of nothing, everything is gone. Maybe you're from a generation where technology wasn't as advanced as it is today. And if you lost something, a project written in a paper, you, again, you lost everything. Maybe you left that project on top of your desk and one of your kids spilled water or coffee or hot chocolate on top of it and the project is gone. You can't recover it and you have to start from the scratch. It's so, so frustrating, isn't it? As we continue in the series Big Church Words today, I want to explore with you soteriology. It's one of these big words. But soteriology is a word that has its roots found in the Greek, soteria. Uh, that means uh, deliverance from soter, soter, savior. I'm sorry for about my Greek. It's not that good. But it's uh, soter, savior or, or preserver. Therefore, soteriology is the study of salvation. It's the study of the doctrine, right, of salvation. And as we move forward with that, uh, let's read uh, Romans chapter 3. From the verse 19 to the verse 24. And here it says, now, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. To which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew or Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. 
Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for everything you have done in our lives. Thank you for this portion of your word that we read today. We ask you, God, that through it you may be speaking to our hearts. We ask you that through your Holy Spirit you uh, might be opening our hearts and our minds to the word that you have for us today. That's all we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Just uh, for contextualization, uh, in the first two chapters of this letter, Paul argues the need of God's intervention through Christ. As a lawyer, Paul presents uh, God's case against humanity. He goes on in explaining uh, God's just wrath against the sinful humanity. Then God's righteous judgment. He exposed Jewish hypocrisy in upholding the law, but not really. Then we get to chapter 3 where he puts God's faithfulness in opposition to humans' unrighteousness. And then now, uh, on verse, uh, on ver- from verse 19 to verse 20, Paul, Paul opens kind of, kind of a parenthesis. And in this, he explains basically the dynamics of salvation. We will analyze verse by verse. There are only six verses. And we will analyze one by one and see uh, this dynamics. On verse 19, it's, he says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. The law reveals the nature of the, and of the nature and state of humans, our natural state. The law shows us that we are in the wrong and God has all the right to judge us. I like to say that the law opens our eyes to see who we really are. That person that you look in the mirror every morning as you're brushing your teeth. And only you and God knows who you really are. It's like a x-ray. Someone who have, is feeling pain in, in his or her lungs. And they go to their doctor. The doctor analyzes a little bit. They can really hear. They hear something if in there and they request a x-ray and the x-ray will reveal the reality the real state of those lungs that is the law for us it reveals who we really are and because of that we stand rightfully condemned before god and on verse 21 says, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. It is common to 
basically all religions, to believe that salvation happens upwards, right? It isn't the root of, of, of the word religion uh, in Latin, uh, religare. And uh, I believe that the word itself, most people refer to it, and it was back then. Uh, in the sense of man trying to reconnect, Holy got it right, reconnect with God. That is, salvation for them happens through humans proving themselves to their gods or deities, whether it is through penitence, promises, rituals, services, uh, scourge, worship, or whatever, right? Uh, all those things. And they believe that this is how they achieve salvation. That's how they make themselves right with God. The only one that doesn't follow that path is the historic or historic or biblical Christianity. For us... Salvation, the dynamics of salvation happens downwards. Salvation comes from God to us and there is nothing we can do. There is nothing we have done to deserve it. And there is nothing we have done to convince God that we need, uh, that, that, that he needed to save us. God reaches uh, to reach reaches out to us freely by his own righteousness and grace. Chapter 21 says, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify here we see that again by his righteousness okay apart from the law god makes his righteousness known the the, the verse verse 21 starts with but now here uh whenever we find uh, in the bible but now it shows us a contrast. There's something that the author is trying to show us there. Something that is important. Something that was and it is. Right? So, but now brings that con contrast of what it was and what it is. It points to a shift in salvation's history. The process of salvation has always been the same. From Adam to the last human being on earth. Anyone that is going to be saved is saved through faith. No one was saved by works or by law or whatever may be the case. Or whatever may be the case. Everyone that achieves salvation, that it's chosen to be saved, it's saved 
through faith. In faith in Jesus Christ, God promises Jesus back, back then in, in, in Genesis. As soon as the as humans fall, God says that he will send someone who would step in the head of the serpent. And whoever believed on that promise was saved. So Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, all King David, Samuel, Joshua, all the prophets, all those people, they were not saved because of what they did, but because of their faith. Because if they would stand before God, any of them would stand before God with their deeds, they would be condemned forever. Righteousness is the process by which God acts to put people in right relationship with himself. Now God through his righteousness put us in a right, right relationship with him with no participation of the law. Again, here shows law has no participation in salvation. Actually, in the opposite, the law arouses in us the desire of for for sin. I heard I heard this story a while ago of a man who back in Brazil who made a, a super awesome and, and fancy hotel. And uh, it was in a street that was really, really busy, lots of people passing by, and he chose to put, uh, to make all the front of his hotel of glass. It was like this mirrored glass, so, so, so beautiful. And uh, years after he uh, started his hotel, everything was going great for years and years. And his manager uh, quits the job and he hires a new manager. And this new manager, he shows up there. Uh, and, and he's as astonished. And he comes to, to the owner and says, uh, how, this front, it's really beautiful, but it's so dangerous. How, how do you know nobody will, you know, throw a rock on it and, and, and break it? That we, we should do something about it. And uh, the owner is like, oh, do, do you think we should change the whole thing? Uh, I don't think that's feasible. And he says, no, 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 we, we should just put a sign. You know the end, right? They put the sign. The day after, a rock fell, <laughs> flew, flew through the windows. The same way is the law. The law aroused in us the desire for sin. Let's continue. Verse 22 says, The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. This righteousness, it's freely, it's given freely through faith in Him, in Jesus Christ. All those, again, all these people who believed from the first one to the last one believed in the promise 
in the Christ, in the Savior, they were, they will be saved. Salvation can only be acquired by believing in Christ and his work. For all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. This is a very known verse. That is what the law exposes. All sinned and all need the grace of God. The only human, the only exception is Jesus. Everyone else has broken every single commandment of the law. Those who choose to stand before God with their own deeds, again, I say, will perish and they will spend eternity apart from God. Whenever I say that everyone, every single human being, with the sex exception of Jesus, has broken the law, uh, some people uh, feel offended, which is natural. But listen to what James, uh, Jesus' brother, says in uh, James 2, 3. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilt of breaking all of it. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. That always takes me back to Brazil, to the times I would... Uh, speak to people on the streets and, and, and bring the word of God, uh, that's more common there. And it's a whole different setup. And whenever we would expose and say that people are sinners and, and, and everyone needs repent and, and confess to God, uh, very, uh, those people are very humble and, and not educated. They would always like, hey, but sir, I, I'm not that bad. There are people worse than I am, right? Uh, we have this uh, parameter of comparing ourselves to each other, right? And that's, that's not the case. We are not comparing ourselves to each other. We are comparing ourselves with, with our God, with our Creator. And He is holy. And salvation is something that without Him, it's impossible for us to achieve. Without his holiness, without his grace, without his love, we cannot be saved. Thank God for his love and for his grace. Verse 24. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We are justified freely by grace. It is redundant, uh, but so amazing. 
in, in its etymology, again, grace, the word grace, in Latin, gratia, means favor. So, freely by favor, we find justification through the redemptive work of Christ. That is the amazing grace that we sing about. That rescues us for free. And there's nothing you or I can do. Just stand in awe before such a gracious and loving God. Salvation is a free, free gift. Salvation is a free gift. Graciously, graciously given by God for those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. There's nothing we could ever do to earn such a marvelous gift. God had all the right to let us perish. But he chooses to step into time, suffer at the cross for you and me. The cross was never a plan B. The cross was always the plan to bring us this gift, salvation. Amen.